right let's talk about this first because <laughs> you've brought out some childhood trauma in me by giving me this and you, you spoke <laughs> vlogging for me so the present that the kilted coaches who i've got on today they've got me a bubble wand and it looks like um looks like a star trek is that what it is star trek the lightsabers star wars star wars, star wars. I can tell i watch them <laughs> and it also looks like a big blue dildo which is what i found in my mum's room when i was about 11 and <laughs> what happened was see when i was younger i don't know if you've done this but see when from about eight to like I'm maybe scared where this is going <laughs> <laughs> from about eight to about 12 like me and all my mates still sounds really weird <laughs> we used to just batter fuck at each other like we would literally just kick absolute we'd go to each other's houses and just fight for like three hours straight and we were fighting one time but we were doing it in my mum's room we used to go from like room to room just kicking fuck out each other and that's what we done and we were like wrestling on the bed and then like my mate's head hit off something like off the pillow and he lifted the pillow up and there was a big sorry mother there was a big blue dildo under him <laughs> and i mean like a humongous fucker and like i had like had like a spike coming out of it and all this as you can tell i'm still traumatized by it and as soon as i seen like my mate's face and he would have been like my best mate at the time i was like you're gonna ruin my life with this i was like <laughs> i was like i'm not even gonna try to stop you because i just know like this is instantly getting told to absolutely everyone and for the next like year of my life i'm pretty sure i get called dildo <laughs> <laughs> she didn't think men were better than machines eh? <laughs> and now she's gay so <laughs> Must have figure, right? yeah <laughs> all makes sense now um so i have the kilted coaches on today the first question and you've probably been asked it a million times is why why the kilts why the kilts good question so when we first got together um to create an online business we were not the kilted coaches we had these ideas we had these philosophies that we both shared and we thought right we need to, to, to take this to a bigger audience and so we started this business and we've, we've told this story a couple of times, but we're going to tell it again. Um, Mr. Shields here um, is Pass very... the blame, eh? Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> the name was your idea. Um, rap can be very uh, creative and um, quite quite deep when it comes to, you know, um, philosophy and... So deep. Uh, he likes can it tell deep. by your Instagram. He likes passions. it deep. That's why. That's why we've got the big blue dildo. Clearly. <laughs> 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 and um, so, so Rab came up with the, the name Janus um, from the uh, old um, Greek god of new beginnings, hence January. Yeah. And uh, I then made a logo uh, that was. Um, Stephen this, likes his logos. I like. I, I love designing logos. I'm crap at it, but I love it. It's just <laughs> it's just a hobby of mine. So, um, so spent a bit of time, and then over the the next six months we spent more time explaining the name and what it was rather than actually helping people with weight loss yeah and then we got some advice um of course janice janus j anus <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah so um so so we, there's a lot of themes here yeah, there is. You, you started it <laughs> um so we got some advice from from a friend of ours and he said look if you're going to do anything online there's no getting away from the scottish accent and you've got to own it and, and you do that as well with your uh, your tiktoks I, yeah, and instagrams i get told to do that a lot as well like my there's a lot of northern irish people doing it now and people are like you just need to play on the fact of glass yeah o own who you are and it's, it's, it's actually an ongoing message that we still say to this day you know whoever, whoever you are wherever you are in the world be yourself but a bigger brighter version of yourself 
So we took that and he says, Scottish accent, there's no getting away from that. So we thought, right, I'm going to take this to the next level. Let's get the kilts on, let's do everything. Because we loved wearing kilts. Yeah. Anyway, why not make it part of the business? Do you remember like what your first, like see when you are talking about this, do you remember your first conversations about it? Like what was your actual visions of it? Do you know what I mean? Like when you have that initial conversation, right, we're going to do this, what were you expecting it to be? Well, the first conversation about the kilts, I remember exactly where we were. We were up at, I'd, I used to rent a hall for personal training. Right. And you came up to meet me and we were, I can't remember if we are going for a walk or something. And we were chatting away and we were being sick about explaining this genus over and over. And then <laughs> yes, we should just be like, right, do you know what? Should we just put the kilts on? And we were standing in that hall when we decided. And then just from there, we was like, yeah, yeah, we'll make a YouTube channel. And it just grew arms and legs. I remember just the excitement went from zero to hero instantly. Yeah. Like we couldn't wait to get home and get some kilts on. Yeah. It was almost like it was an identity. It was a self-made identity. We're just like, yeah, we're like, we're coaches. And we're, Let's just put the kilts on. Let's be the kilted coaches. Yeah. And suddenly, and I'm pretty sure this is the same for Rab, but this, this vision just came into our heads of like, yeah, of course we're the kilted coaches. So of course we went home, Googled. How drunk were you? Sober for that part, believe it or not. <laughs> that part. When we first came together, I'm to imagining a few whiskeys in this. Creating uh, Janice, we were drunk. That was three bottles of wine down. Drunk. We 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 <laughs> met for lunch. We hadn't seen each other for a while because we both become fathers. We hadn't seen each other for a while, and we're like, we need to catch up. And we caught up, and we're just. It was just one of those. Let's tell our woes. You know, yeah. like ah, oh, we're we're fathers, but we're not getting to see our kids because we're working so much. You know, we're we're quite kind of busy with the personal training, working at six thirty in the morning, sometimes till nine at night. Yeah, like it has to be a better way. So, like, we ordered a bottle of wine, and then we ordered our second, and then we ordered our third, <laughs> and we're like, "Let's create Janus." <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a feeling we we're going to have like a pretty deep conversation because I watched a few of your recent YouTube videos, and you seem to be going down a sort of different path than what you were doing before. I don't know about you, but when I post on social media, you're you're always being a you're being yourself, but you're also being you're also putting something on. You're doing it all the time. I can feel like you're doing something else. Like what you've done it for what, like seven, eight years or something now, like the kilted coaches thing. Mm -hmm. Are you getting tired of like putting on an act? Well, it's not so much as putting on an act. I think it's sometimes that we always thought we wanted to be motivational. So even when we had problems going on in our life, we'd mask it and we'd be chirpy because we thought that our audience wanted to be uplifted. Yeah. That they wanted to put us on to, you know, forget about the worries of their day and get uplifted, see two guys being twangers in kilts and having a laugh and all this kind of stuff. Um, but sometimes life hits you harder than normal. And that's what's happened recently with both of us. We're going through a lot of stuff. Yeah. And you just can't mask it anymore. And you get to the point where you think, you know what, we're not going to. Yeah. So that's what our recent vlogs have just been real. So as much as we've done the running around and the heather and lifting weights and having a laugh and getting drunk and do whatever we were doing, and that was all real at the time, you know, we probably had problems that were hiding in the background, whereas now we're just like, no, no, we're just, we're just, if we're feeling down, we're down. If we're feeling up, we're feeling up. We're just mm. showcasing it as it is. Um, yeah. Because actually for a while there, we weren't making a lot of content because we were going through a tough time. Yeah. So it was either be honest and showcase how things are, or we probably wouldn't be making any content for a couple of weeks or a couple of months until everything blew over. So. Yeah. Do you use, have you ever had like, a, I think you said you had a fallen out or something how have you found found it doing like a business together? Because you have now doing personal training for like 17 years, which is mad, by the way, fair play. So most people don't last longer than a year, don't they? That's like the 80% don't last longer than a year. How, like, what's the pros and cons to working with each other? 
I think right from the start, we've got a similar mindset when it comes to health and well-being, but we're both individual and, and I appreciate Rab's point of view and he appreciates mine. And it's not about being the same person, but it's about understanding each other. And that that works for, you know, 90% of the time. Um, and every now and again, we will have a slight disagreement. And over the years, it, it's just been a case of let's talk about this. And we've had this ongoing rule, unless we both agree on something, then it doesn't happen in the business. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we can just appreciate different points of view. And sometimes, you know, Rab's the more sort of outgoing. He comes up with some random shit sometimes. <laughs> um, and I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll go along with that. Uh, and sometimes I, I'll give bring a little bit more structure to it mm. um, and, and just sort of, we work well together in that way. Um, but yeah, when, like recently we did have a fallout um, and it's because we didn't see eye to eye on a few things or, or maybe not we didn't see eye to eye, we just weren't talking about the things that we were going through. Like That's what? Um, because we weren't making content and because we were both going through some, some, some personal yeah. stuff, um, we had both shut off from each other and from the world and we're just getting our heads down and, and cracking on um with, with business um but then we were both um acting and operating it in such a way that we weren't um taking each other into consideration yeah and uh, then when you don't say anything and you don't say anything and you don't say anything sooner or later you say something and everything blows over everything you're annoyed it's about like, to last year and, and i'm sorry for the females listening but it's a typical female they don't say anything but then when it when, the, when it boils over they will tell you everything that you did wrong <laughs> absolutely everything and that happened last month and you did this and we kind of had a bit of you that. were late then yeah. that was nine months ago <laughs> um so so we had a fallout um but it was the best thing for us because what's actually happened now is i've been able to say Rab, this this is this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm going through, and, and Rab's going, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling, and here's what here's what I'm going through, and it it's so almost like brought us together, and that's that's still a bit of a journey in itself, mm -hmm. um, sort of learning the the deeper, this is really deep, right? no, no, learning no. learning the deeper parts <laughs> of, of ourselves, you know, oh, yeah, another fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no dildos were used in the making of this podcast. <laughs> Um, but no, we're, we're sort of starting to learn those deeper aspects of ourselves because a lot of our friendship was fun. It was going for the whiskeys, going for the beer. Let's, let's, it was a bro relationship. And what's happened recently is actually, I was going, actually, mate, I, I'm, I'm struggling right now and I don't have it all figured out and I'm fucking scared. Yeah. And then it's like, a, yeah, me too. Let's talk. Um, and that, that's been quite rewarding, I would say. Yeah. I think one of the key things that we've done over the years and then it's more to light now is you don't always have to be right. You just have to find out what works. You know, a lot of the times we've both got ideas or we don't think this will work or that work, but then there's always to and fro and it's like, okay, right. And there's things that, you know, oh, that might not work, but I'll, I'll go along with it anyway. And it always, it works mm -hmm. because we both make it work in some shape or form. Whereas if, you, if you're always just trying to be right, it becomes mm -hmm. very egotistical. This is the way. And then I guess that's why businesses fall apart in partnerships, because if two people are trying to be right in their own mindset, then it doesn't work. Yeah. So sometimes there's got to be a bit of to and fro. And, you know, there's times where if you're unsure, but you go along with it because you trust your buddy and vice versa. And it always works out. Right? Mm -hmm. I think as people that try build a business or be self-employed, you are just naturally a bit more egotistical anyway, aren't you? Like you just you naturally want to be in control of things because that's what it is. So then when you build another thing with someone else, then you are just going to have that tension. Do you just find that you lean, lean on each other now? So mm -hmm. basically right now, 
I'm fully self-employed, like as in just by myself, but I've got like a best mate. We are going to do like co-coaching, but still separate businesses, but like do Zoom calls and stuff together because everyone kind of knows both of us. But that's what we're thinking because we, we're on the phone and stuff all the time because people don't realize how hard this job is, like mentally draining. We take on everyone else's problems whereas then we have our own problems and then we're fucked but we can't like you can't put it on your clients because you're meant to be helping them sort of thing so do you find that you can now do you find when you've done it self-employed on your own compared to now you have more support from each other or is that only recent like you're talking about we've ever since we've been working together we've always had the support because it's the problem shared is a problem halved you know Mm. so even if it was our own clients just being able to talk to each other because we're in the same business even if it was our own individual businesses it's the same nature you know Mm. they say having this trouble with this client or this person's bothering me for x y and z you know and sometimes you just need to vent you know and yeah. it's not the it's not that you don't like the client it's just you're venting because that client is not listening to you or whatever it may yeah, be yeah. and once you vent you feel fine um in terms of our own business you know whenever there's any sort of pickle we then can vent to each other about the pickle and then we, we problem solve it um i mean a lot of the stuff because business is tough at the moment you know that it's just reach on social media has changed recently as well so you've got to work harder for it and you've just got to kind of try new things and we try things for a while some things work and like, then it stops like what, working like what's all the things you've tried uh what's, we changed oh, our types of style of videos for yeah. a while started um, doing reels you know yeah, you? reels are really popular so we've started doing some reels and we've upped our engagement that's definitely helping you know like making sure we're responding to everything all that kind of thing Which right. for a while there we were swamped with comments and messages that we just couldn't get to them all you know we were victims of our own success for a wee while, you know, when, when things were going really, really well, it was hard to keep up with, with the, the comments I don't and think interactions. people that are watching us will know just how well yous have done just because you're on YouTube and Facebook and my audience will be Instagram and TikTok. Mm-hmm. So you have like fucking 500,000 on Facebook or something, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like 80,000 on YouTube, which is huge compared to like Instagram and stuff. And then you got a blue tick as well. <laughs> blue tech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've got a funny story yeah. about that. <laughs> Do you pay for it? Uh, we'll, we'll tell you that after. We'll tell you that after. But but um, well, what I was gonna say? Yeah. So we, we we found it difficult to keep up with the demand, and we want to be ourselves. So if somebody comments on a video or a post, it's only like they're saying, "Oh, this 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 inspired me to do this." Y- it's human nature to want to respond to these people because that's that's how we interact and that's how we grow relationships by interacting with each other. But we had so many that we stopped replying to the comments on YouTube, on Facebook, and that's just quite rude, you know. Mm-hmm. And as, as we were just really busy, and for anybody who ever commented on our stuff and we didn't reply to you, we do apologize. But that's one thing we're getting back to now is we've tried to reply to every single comment. You're we making get. me feel fucking horrendous. Do you not reply? Dawn, no, no. Oh, you're a dick. <laughs> you take that blue wand and you can just <laughs> re- re- reply to the odd nude. <laughs> one back. No, kind of. Um, no, because I always find when I go looking through the comments, I just look at the negative ones because I I get quite a lot of them as well. Because especially, don't know how much you see it if most of the people commenting on your stuff are people that have followed you for ages or follow. But when you do tiktok and reels it's a lot of people that don't know who you are mm-hmm. so they, they tend to come after you because they don't actually uh, know you so i always look like i i was talking to one of my mates about this today i'll go on my phone and like i'll look at instagram and like the first two things i'll see will be like a negative comment and that's how i've been starting my day like the last two weeks and i can't turn it off like yeah. instagram don't let you turn off the comment notifications but i made that decision like a year ago to stop 
replying to comments because I can't help but look at the negative ones. It's negativity bias, isn't it? Yeah. It's the, the idea that if, if things are in equal intensity, you apply more weight to the negative side. And it's hard. It's like 10 compliments will still get outweighed by one. In it's human nature, negative. you can't stop it. You yeah. literally can't stop it. And you'll literally <clears throat> look for it all the time. So I just made a... Because even you can think that you're this... You can let your ego think that it doesn't bother you, but it does. It definitely does, even if it's just chipping away at you every day. Um, so I've tried to find some way to get it to go away, but I can't. It's funny you say that because we've grown thick skin to a lot of things. But the one that still rubs me wrong is when people say that we're gay baiting. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, you. it winds me up because when we set out with the kills, our first thing was like, oh, the ladies will love it. Like that yeah, was our mindset. But the men love it. But, but and I don't mind that the men love it, but it's when they think we were deliberately doing it for the guys. Mm. And we're like, that didn't even cross our minds. And then they say, because apparently gay baiting is when you're deliberately appealing to that audience. We're like, but we weren't. Mm. And, then it, and even to this day, and that's going on for years, every time I see one of them, I'm like, just... You feel like replying, but you're like, no, no, Rab, just, just settle down, settle down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the best comment we've had, and we've talked about this a few times, was the guy who said that we were gay, pretending to be straight, because we're married, right? So we're gay, but we're pretending to be straight, pretending to be gay. <laughs> <laughs> Final fact, that do, one. Do it again, do it again. <laughs> so we're gay, pretending to be straight, pretending to be gay. <laughs> I know. We were like scratching our head for a good couple of hours after that one. We were like, wait, what? I know. It was so strange. When yeah, you people doing, see what they want to see. When are you doing OnlyFans? <laughs> <laughs> or OF. You don't know what that means now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> OF. When are you doing it? I reckon you should. Never. You'll make a killing. I think Never. you should do it. No, I don't think I'll get, you'll get an absolute killing. You have to remember that we're family men. You know, I've got two wee girls. Like, yeah, true. no chance am I doing OnlyFans. Even when I was a young man, I very much doubt I would have done it with my yeah. personality. As much as I'm loud and bouncy, I don't think I'd be doing that. But then when you've got, when you've got children, you just think to yourself, like, I'm a father. Like, mm. and that's no disrespect to anybody out there that does it. But because I'm in this position now, I wouldn't then start OnlyFans. You know, it's, yeah. I think you would have to already have started it in your younger days or whatever. And then you naturally keep it going because I imagine Look at you sweating. <laughs> I know, I'm sweating. Right. I'm like, <laughs> one of those things. Because I'm thinking, me. you know, it's, money's gets tight these days. Society's changing. I'm suddenly going, I might eat my words. <laughs> Somebody will replay this clip. I'm never doing OnlyFans. And there's Rab's OnlyFans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe somebody set one up already and just using all your images. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, um, how many surprised. things have we been catfished? I know. One, one of the things that drives me most days um lately and and this this is this it's become a bit of a reflection on all the kilty coaches videos and what we've done in social media and that is the kilty coaches becomes an identity um and i don't want to be sucked into being the character that is stephen from the kilty coaches i just want to be stephen and so one of the main mindsets that drives me is i wanted i want to act in a way that my future self will be proud of and when i look back and go like i acted with um, yeah. with integrity and honesty and I was just myself with compassion and love in my heart that's yeah. it and yes we can have a laugh along the way I might still have a wee whiskey now and again but essentially I just want to be me and OnlyFans just does not factor into that at <laughs> all I'd rather be skint and homeless than uh, doing OnlyFans <laughs> I think that see what you're touching on with that's what would worry me about wearing the kilts if I'm being honest right so I used to do a sport called freestyle football so it was like tricks with a ball and see, anywhere I went, people would just know me as that. 
and it got really irritating like because they'd just be like oh if anyone had the ball anywhere and i'd play in football teams and i wouldn't say that i'd done it because you can actually play football and like no one will know you you're you can do that on on the side um and it would just irritate me that i couldn't get away from it do you know what i mean i was like not that i'm actually a person like i can do it like yeah. i can speak without the ball in my head do you know what i mean mm. so when i stopped doing that I went through a really rough time trying to figure out who the fuck I actually was because I always had, and I didn't mean to identify for it, but you can't, you can't, you can't not do it. So like, do, have you ever, because when I was watching some of your videos, the recent ones, it seems as if you are wanting to really portray who you individually are as well now. Have you, have you had any struggles with that over the years? Like your identity being fully through the kilts? I've been okay because I'm usually, I'm usually who I am on camera is who I am. Like yeah, what mm -hmm. you see is what you get. The only thing recently is like, I've, all, I've then just been showcasing the lows. That's the only real difference. But because for me, the kilt's just a garment. It's not like, I don't really, we put it on, we, we know we're having fun, but yeah. it, nothing really changes for me when I put the kilt on. So I haven't noticed too much there, but for, for me, my, my personality's changed over the past two years, being a bit of a, a in what of, way? And it just become a bit more spiritual. Um, and I hate to use that word because it's so loaded, but um, essentially just looking at the bigger picture, um, trying to act out of more sort of love and compassion and understanding for myself, first and foremost. And um, what I realize is I'm, I'm a bit of a, um, I'm quite empathic, you know, and, and I'll, I'll absorb the energy and, and buy into the energy of the people I'm surrounded with. Mm -hmm. And Rab's is very, you know, high energy, extroverted uh, and what i'm very thankful for is rab allows me to express that side of me because it is a side of me but it's not everything and therefore when i was kelly coaches and making videos i would then just go along with whatever rab was doing um, and yes it's a part of me but then there's times when i just wasn't feeling that energy but I'd, you know i'd go along with it or just go oh yeah rab wants to do it and actually it's quite a good idea let's just let's just do these things so the past two years has been a bit of a change and I'm starting to realize that the bigger picture and, and who, who I really am and it's a bit of a self-discovery. Um, so I think that's probably been challenging for the past two years is just trying to get that balance back and, and making sure that we're in our authenticity in the videos because for the first you know five years, it was very much like high energy and it was great. And I wasn't not being me because it is a side of me, but I was never really showcasing that full me um, and that, that more spiritual side when, you know, I do want to uh, talk about meditation in a, in a bigger way. I want to talk about my breath work and my cold therapy. And I want to talk about my, my, the energy that, that I feel, um, connection with, with different people and just looking at the, the sort of the, the bigger picture, but also the deeper picture. Have you um, been like exploring new things down those avenues then like the last two years? What have you been doing? I feel like I've changed a lot in the last two years and like one of the biggest things is not drinking as much and like I've, I've found that like a really tough challenge because you find like I'd have been a big drinker up until I was about 25. I think at 25 your hangovers change as well it's like a switch like mm -hmm. you actually just get 10 times more hungover but I just stopped really wanting to go out stopped wanting to sort of drink and your mates have to change and I've found that so difficult trying to find new people that just aren't aren't into that like so have you what have you been trying have you been doing meditation and stuff all on your own or are these avenues that have opened up other friendships 
Um, I've been doing a lot by myself, um, learn a lot online, become a breath coach myself so oh, really? I, can, I can help other people with it. But yeah, breath breath is a huge one for me at the moment. I love it because you can achieve altered states of consciousness through breath. Um, essentially, you get high by breathing in a different way. It's great. See, I, have you done this? Yeah, well, because yeah. I'm asthmatic, did breath work when I was younger. So there's you know, real benefits to it as well. Right. I've never done it to get the altered states, but... Um, so, so for me, it's things like breath work and like you mentioned alcohol, like I used to drink a lot, you know, come of the weekend and I would quite happily finish a bottle and a half of wine you know, mm. every weekend. Um, and what I started, as I started to sort of delve deeper into who I am and, and why I was acting in certain ways, alcohol was then one of those like, okay, well, why am I drinking at the weekends? What am I trying to hold back from or what am I trying to mask here? Um, I feel like it's always a masking thing. Yeah, especially when you go, because you go to events and you're like, I need to drink to get through this event. That's the way I mm -hmm. feel sometimes. And you're just like, that's not a healthy thing, is it? That you can't just sit here sober. Like you need something else. Yeah. Also, I, mean, I don't really want to make this about um, plants, but I experienced plant medicine, um, and I'll leave that as plant medicine at the moment. But it really does allow you to to delve deeper into your consciousness and see what's there and see. Know your your own trauma, and I had a fantastic upbringing. I mean, I, yeah. I love my childhood, but you still got traumas. Yeah. Um, and actually, plant medicine for me was able to sort of highlight that, and you know, I start to recognise my behaviours and my patterns, and suddenly I'm like, okay, well, actually, I love my life, but it could be so much better, and actually, my own happiness could be so much bigger. Um, if, if you had a great upbringing and you've got traumas, like what are the things that you can sort of remember? Okay, so so I'll give you an example. Um, dad, if you're ever listening to this, I absolutely love you. But my dad's quite unemotional. Um, he was he's in the fire brigade, he was in the fire brigade, and, and the, there's probably some kind of PTSD, um, or maybe something in his I'm not too sure what it is. Um, but my dad's very unemotional. He's just he's just mm -hmm. there. He's he's great, but he doesn't know really how to express his love um other than his own unique ways. Um and that's fine, but that was one of the traumas that I was then carrying and passing down to my sons. And for me, like my purpose in this world is I want to leave this world a better place than I found it. And we can only do that through our connections. We can only do it through being um, a bit more compassionate, a bit more understanding. So what after this was highlighted to me, um, I then started recognizing patterns of, I was quite impatient with my sons when if they were crying, I was like, well, what is that? You know, and I'm like, why are you crying? Shut up. Unless you've got a reason to cry, please stop. This, <laughs> this, and I was so just impatient with them, completely unemotional, couldn't couldn't be emotional with them. And I'd always hug them. And that's something that that's an ongoing thing with my dad. Like it's, it's a bit of a kind of strange thing. We don't hug. Did that feel forced for you? Like, like when you started hugging your kids? No, because I'd already had that mindset. I love my sons to bits. And yeah. I already had that. I, I don't get hugged by my dad. Therefore, I'm going to hug my sons. Absolutely but it's the unseen thing. So that was something I was aware of. It's the unseen things that are the, the, the deeper traumas that you're completely unaware of. And that's when I said, everyone's got them, Yeah. but most people are unaware of, of their own traumas yeah. unless it's been highlighted in, in a big way, unless it's a really big trauma. So it was just the unemotional side for me was the main one that I've been working on for the past two years and actually allowing my sons to express themselves. And yeah. have, have a wee temper tantrum if they're going to have a temper tantrum. Cry if they're going to cry. And I'm there to comfort them and, and give them a cuddle, not to tell them or try and get the logical reasons as to why they're crying. Yeah. It's a it's an energy release. You know, that sometimes there is no logical reason. They need to express their energy. 
Um, and, and so that for me, that's been a big part of my own journey and, and understanding that part of me for that trauma. Um, and therefore alcohol was a way for me to mask certain aspects of that. And there, there's, there's other reasons and, and other traumas that I won't go into at the moment, but it's just been a real fascinating journey. Um, but, but breath work, regular breath work for me allows me to, to delve into that and, and really see myself from a different perspective. Mm. You know, when you're like in a, um, and going to try some clothes on in a shop and you go to the changing room and, and you, you try a new t-shirt on and you're looking at yourself in the mirror, but then there's that other mirror that's at a 45 degree angle behind you and you see yourself from the side and you've never seen yourself from the side before. You go, holy shit, is that what I look like from the side? Man, I'm pretty ugly. <laughs> look at the size of my nose. Because you don't ever see yourself from that perspective, but it's always how you've been. And for me, breath work and delving into altered states of consciousness allow me to see myself from different perspectives and go, ah, that's why I was drinking alcohol or that's why I can't admit when I'm wrong or that's why I'm this way. And it's been really, really rewarding. And I found that my relationships have all started to change. And it's been challenging, like my relationship with Rab, you know, that's, that's been challenging for the past couple of years because we have to find a new dynamic. It's not just let's let's drink some alcohol and let's have a laugh together. And I'm like, well, I, I don't really want to be doing that anymore. Mm. So it's it's been challenging and but very rewarding. Do you know what I found so interesting? What you were saying is, I think that's a very Scottish thing, isn't it? Like all our dads just with their upbringings mm. because like their grandpas would have probably came through the war and stuff, and then they would have passed on their traumas. But like my dad would be very like that as well he'd have got really like my dad's the best ever but he'd have got impatient with me when i was younger he would have, he would never hug me or anything like that um but like his way of showing me he loved me was just coming to every single game of football i ever played like that would be his way of showing you he loved you um but then when i moved to australia he had like an actual breakdown and like ever since then he sort of it was so funny he was like he just started crying i was like ah <laughs> i was like <laughs> Ah, uh, don't what are you doing? It's fucking don't know what terrifying. To do with it, right? Yeah, I gave him a hug, but even me, I was like, "Oh, what the fuck is this?" I was like, "What the fuck's going on?" And then ever since then, like since I came home from Australia and stuff, he'd be he'd tell you way more about his emotions. But it's something I've always worried about: is like, am I going to be like that with my kids? And like, how do you change that? That's something something I worry about quite a lot. I think though, with parents or parenting in general, you either you go two ways. You either repeat the same mistakes to your parents, mm -hmm. or if you're aware of them, you do the complete opposite. Like Steve was saying with his boys, because he didn't get hugged from his dad, he was definitely hugging his boys. Now there was a bunch of stuff he said he wasn't aware of, and that's obviously where you delve deeper. But the things that you are aware of, you, you end up doing that. You either if you're aware of it, probably guarantee you won't then do it with your children. Mm -hmm. There'll be the things you might not be aware of. That's where it can get scary, I guess. But then it's sometimes a reality check because, you know, um, certainly when you realise that, oh no, I'm just being like my mum or I'm just being like my dad, you have that quick reality check and you're like, mm -hmm. right, I can change this now when you then realise it. Um, I wonder if our generation though is, I certainly feel a lot more self-aware. Well, I don't know if my parents weren't self-aware, but they certainly didn't change their actions. Mm -hmm. But I... You know, I've been adapting as I go along. I'd like to think I'm self-aware and, you know, Stephen's definitely self-aware. And people I speak to, they're all aware of what they're up... They compare their parenting skills now to their, their upbringing. Yeah, I it's, wonder if the generation above done that. I'm not sure. Yeah, or maybe they did it in their heads and just didn't... I don't know. I don't know. Because we're all talking about it now. That's how yeah, we all yeah. know, isn't it? You've got... So, so in the circles that I'm sort of in at the moment with the sort of spiritualness of, of, my, of my journey, um, there is the Great Awakening. That, that, that everyone's talking about more and more people are becoming awake to the fears that they've, that they've been placed on them 
you know, and whether it's, um, you know, just traumas from your childhood or sometimes it's the mainstream media. There's so much fear in, in today's society that it just keeps people quiet and you just get on with stuff. And it's all about survival and being safe. Um, whereas more and more people are becoming more awake and going, actually, it's it's not about, you know, being scared of this, that and other. It's about connecting as human beings and, and seeing seeing each other for who we are rather than, you know, rather than the clothes that we wear or the color of your skin or your 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 gender or your sexuality or whatever it might be. We just say, no, we're just human beings and more and more people are waking up and we've got, I think we do have less and less hate. So people are calling it the great awakening, which is funny because we've also got the great reset coming as well, mm, right? Yeah. Um, so it's, is it going to be one or the other? I'm not too sure or both. Yeah. And um, what we were talking about before was one of you said that you don't really like him, like Jordan Peterson. Oh, was it you that said that? Uh, or, yeah, we both well, I was talking it. about Jordan Peterson, how I liked him in the beginning, yeah. but recently I've kind of gone off him. So Jordan Peterson's one of my favourite topics. Like, I love talking about him and Andrew Tate. But obviously you do Andrew Tate, so you can put it on TikTok and just get a wee bit of clickbait. Don't you? <laughs> just have a little rant about him, you can get a few um, people following you. So what is it that's changed about Jordan Peterson that you don't like? Well, when I first saw Jordan Peterson's videos, I, he was Canadian and he reminded me of my uncle who took his life years ago. Right. Um, and he was Canadian. Well, he was Scottish, but he lived in Canada. And But the way that he would break down arguments, my uncle was very intelligent and he always used to stay calm, much like Jordan Peterson did in the early days. So when Jordan Peterson would be asked a difficult question, he would take a moment to think and he'd answer calm, cool and collected. He would honestly take like five seconds sometimes, yeah. wouldn't he? He'd like take a deep breath. He would really take his time and he'd give a calm, cool and collected answer. And I always thought, man, that's... And then he was just, he just had a nice way about how he approached each each question. And he thought, wow, good for him. And then, I don't know, just in recent years when I've been watching stuff, he's getting a lot more worked up. It must have been ever since like lockdowns. He's, he must have certain views on the pandemic and all that. And he, he seems to be getting really emotionally wired to subjects, which... To me, what I respected about him was that you stay calm because there's that old thing that, you know, once you've lost your temper, you've lost the argument, mm -hmm. whatever it may be. People are their weakest when they're angry. And I'm starting to see him get angry. I'm thinking, no, Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, don't he do yeah. this? <laughs> I respected you because there's elements of me that I get angry and I lose my temper. And I'm yeah. always fighting that inner demon not to lose my temper. So when mm -hmm. I saw him staying calm, I'm like, be more like Jordan Peterson. So when Jordan Peterson starts losing his temper, I'm like, be more like you now. I'm not going to lose the plot. So um, that's for me that's gone off is just the fact he isn't staying cool anymore, which is uh, cool, calm and collected, which is what I respected about him. Otherwise, there's lots of different people out there that will, who are very, very good at um, debating and whatever. I can go watch someone else. One of the reasons I watched him was because he stayed cool, calm and collected. And I feel that he's not doing that as, as much anymore. And some of his answers just seem very emotional rather than logical now, which... I've then just switched off from. I think once you get to that level of fame, it's impossible not to really change. When you know that you've got books on the line and like mm -hmm. tour dates and stuff like that, you also see what all of these algorithms, this is why I also was massive on creating a podcast because when your head starts to go towards what works in the algorithm, I think it changes your own perspective on things. That makes sense. So like, even though you might think a different way, you're like, yeah, but that doesn't, the algorithm doesn't think that way. So it's even when you're hooking things like that. So I, I do think when you get to that level of fame, like you are going to, like, even if it's just heightening his opinions, like he didn't have such an extreme opinion on like obesity because he's been talking about that a lot. And see, as a psychologist, I just think it's really triggering. I've always had this thing about 
because I was overweight when I was younger, I've never really liked when anyone calls people that are obese out or like, because it's still a form of fat shaming. And even though I think that move, I also think when there's two extremities with one thing, like the fat shaming thing, where it's like, right, let's post people that are overweight and stuff. I think that's too far. And I'll, but I also think like making fun of those people is too far. There's like a, a bit in the middle. But I do think he's got to that point where he's he's now having extreme views of what his views already were just so that he can keep polarizing people. And that's what I don't, and I think that's what the algorithms are doing to people. Mm. And that's why I want to get away from it. This, this is this is the start of the the robots controlling the humans, right? The algorithms. Is that, that where is, we're going next? Is that, that's exactly <laughs> where we're going. <laughs> but you you think about you know people are changing their behavior because of an algorithm. That that is a computer controlling a a human being. Yeah. And yeah, you can talk about well, that's my livelihood. It's how we make money, and and that's absolutely true. But how many people are on social media on on Instagram, TikTok, whatever, just making stuff, not making any money from it? But they want more views, therefore they're doing certain things to then get more views, to get that popularity, to get the the dopamine release of that extra click, the extra like that they're getting. Um, and it really is people are starting to lose themselves. And going back to that whole, you know, the spirituality side of things, you know, we are all human beings and we should be acting out of integrity and love and, and openness, connection with one another, um, not for a not for an algorithm. Um, and I know that might be bit hypocritical because we do certain things for an algorithm but that's where we're starting to realize the error of our ways you know we went down a certain path trying to get more views trying to get more clicks trying to get more likes and actually we lost ourselves um and, and a bit of that and that's probably contributed to you know us just feeling a wee bit down recently as well and that's why we've changed we're going no no this this has to stop we're just going to be absolutely be ourselves we're going to just talk about what we're going through and we're going to be human beings and if people like that then they'll like it. And if they don't, they can switch off. And that's absolutely fine. Uh, we're not interested in connecting with people who don't um, see us. How, how is it? The so you have made like a few videos where you, you openly talk about you're going through stuff and you said the same as well. And you openly talked about you'd fell out and stuff. What is like been this response been to those videos? Because I, if, I, if I'm being honest, you'd imagine the first one will go well because everyone will just feel compelled to be like, Oh, that's great you are being honest but mm -hmm. then i'm unsure if like people would keep feeling like that or they'd get sick of you talking openly well it's interesting it's hard because we're only four or five into that style mm -hmm. what a few people have said is that and we i didn't even consider this before but you know when you think you're trying to move motivate people all the time you're portraying a happy go easy bouncy life and the majority of the time you are but you always thought to yourself well i don't want to be portraying a pity party so i'll just put on a brave face you don't realize there's a lot of people out there going through hardship and when they say people are always having a great time it, it reflects how much they're not having a good time so then when they've seen us recently going through a bit of hardship showing that we're real they can then relate to some of it so some of the comments have been you know i'm also going through hard times so i'm glad you guys have been real and authentic but you do raise a good point it's like how long i mean ultimately it's, it's going to be a showcase in a journey the whole point we said we're going to be finding our smiles again and once we find our smiles again you know, we'll showcase a smile, but we'll also showcase the, the downside as well. We're not going to constantly be yeah. um, putting anything on or anything like that. But yeah, there'll be, a, there'll be an element. The first one was very well received. So was the second. I think we're on fourth or fifth now. We'll just mm -hmm. see how it goes. It's, we're just enjoying the process. We're making content that we're enjoying making. So it doesn't feel like work. And that's yeah. the key. I think, I think the most important thing is you meet people where they are. So like if, if, if you're doing a PT session, you don't just give them like a big CrossFit workout if they're if they're overweight by five stone and you try and get them doing pull-ups. It's just not going to happen. You meet them where they are. And the idea behind 
us making videos and showcasing our journey is there's a bunch of people who are having a great life right now and, and they're happy and everything's successful and they'll see the video and go, oh, coaches are struggling right now and it won't really appeal to them and that's okay. The most important thing for us is that we are ourselves, but there's a bunch of people out there who are struggling and going through some stuff and by us saying, yeah, us too, here's what here's our journey, um, they might just go, oh, okay, I'm not alone here. Other people struggle too. What are the guys doing to to come out of that? What, what, what are they practicing? How are they how are they um, dealing with this? Yeah. Um, and you can't please all the people all the time. So all we can ever do is be ourselves. And if it appeals to people, then great. And if it doesn't, that's okay too. Um, but as we go through our journey and showcasing, okay, well, it is about training. It's about eating good food. Um, it is about for me as breath work meditation really helped me to, to understand myself a little bit more and, and come out of these um, stressful periods. If you're a breath work coach, I've never done any anything like that. Where where would I start with that? Um, okay, so to start, I, I need to do a lot of this stuff. Like I need to actually just get into meditating and breath work and stuff because I, I think you guys will know you just work, don't you? You just fucking just work all the time when you start your own business. Yeah. So I do need to get into it. The, the the quickest tip I can give you is to, in order to keep your brain in a logical and, and thinking way, you need to make sure that your brain chemistry is there and that your body's relaxed and at ease. So like some people get stage fright. Some people get um, stressed with too many emails. And um, I'm, going to, I'm going to preach to the choir here, but for the sake of the audience, when when you become stressed, your hormones change and we we have the different parts of the brain that start to activate and we move out of the logical thinking part of the brain and into reaction, the chimp part of the brain. So like the idea is if, you know, if a big hungry lion was chasing you down the plains, then you're going to, you're not going to be thinking logically. Have you, you read that chimp paradox book? Yes, I have. So I haven't read that yet. It's just when you said the chimp. Yeah, I've heard so a lot of people talk about Dr. it. Dr. Steve Peters, the chimp paradox, definitely recommend that. But yeah, if a big hungry lion's chasing you, you're not thinking logically. You don't have to think, you react. You just fight, flight, or freeze. Most people have heard of that response. And what happens with your breath in that moment is you become very short, sharp breaths. You're running away from a lion as a, <laughs> and, you're, and you're shitting yourself. You don't have to think about your breathing. You don't have to think about anything that you're doing. Your muscles just work. But the op opposite is also true. If you just start breathing <laughs> quite fast, you're going to become quite kind of um, animated, like fired up, almost like a coffee-like effect. And there's yeah. different ways that we can do that. And I'm not going to go into that today because it's a little bit more in-depth and you need to have the right circumstances for it. But the opposite of this is true. So when you're sleeping, you're operating from the diaphragm and your belly will go in and out. And that's when you're at most most at rest. And it's like what we, we're all relaxed here, just having a nice conversation. So all our breathing is very chilled and mm -hmm. relaxed so if, i feel chilled out just listening to him <laughs> <laughs> so if you if you feel a little bit stressed if you think oh crap i've got too many emails or i'm late for that appointment or some guy's walking down the street and he's drunk and i think he's going to try and beat me up here and you start to get stressed and you can't think properly or you even get stage fright maybe doing a podcast mm -hmm. then you can start to control your breathing you can start to then do extended exhales is the best way I can explain that. So I would say normally a one to two ratio. So breathe in for say three seconds, breathe out for six seconds and just really take your time with the with the exhale. 
And if you do that, even just for a couple of breaths, you'll have an instant effect. But if you do it for five minutes, you're going to be so chilled and your brain chemistry is going to start to change back out of reaction mode and that chimp part of the brain and into your logical thinking part of the brain. So suddenly you can then respond to the emails rather than reacting and being stressed. If you're having an argument or something's bothering you in your relationship or with your kids or with your finances, then sit and slow down your breath. And there's a magic that happens when your out breath goes over seven seconds. It's fantastic for helping you sleep as well. But when, and I don't know why it's seven seconds, um, but I've, I've read it in so many different books and it's part of the program that, that I did. Um, but when you breathe out for seven seconds, it just completely changes your, your body's chemistry, puts you into a very relaxed state and you find yourself more um, logical. You can think clearer. You know exactly what you're trying to say and um, so i i normally recommend in for three seconds out for seven seconds if you can do that and just do it on a regular basis so would you do that as a routine or would you also use it in a state where you're stressed like before you're doing something would, would you just do that yeah exactly so I, I would i would say do it when you if you feel stressed and if you've got the, the time to to breathe you know if they're hungry hungry like lines you go on a date. You, <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but if, if you are stressed about like a date or an interview or something like that slow breathing will, will put your body into a state of calm and relaxation and it will change the blood flow from that chimp part of the brain into the the neocortex and, and you can think clearer it definitely does work but if there's a big hungry lion chasing you or that drunk guy is actually beating you up then calm breath breath's not going to help yeah, yeah you actually do want the fight or flight response so that you can run away or you can fight back um, and yeah. so you kind of you want to make sure that you're using it in the right circumstances yeah. but as a daily practice it's good as well just to to set you up for the day because that makes so much sense doesn't it because Whenever I find I get stressed and stuff, I'll know in my head somewhere that it's a lot. My thinking is illogical. Like it'll be something to do with work. Like even this week, I've got a podcast on Friday, so I was preparing for this one and preparing for that one. And see, so even if I take two podcasts on a week, I just start getting a little bit stressed because I know I have to do the research, and that's the hardest bit because when I'm researching, like you guys, I'm not going to be like, right, I've got three hours, I'm going to research this, this, and this. I just go watch a few videos go through like your Instagram, maybe try to find out what you've done before and stuff. But there's no like book to know how to do it. <laughs> so it's like you're winging it. And then as you do it more, you sort of, you're sort of getting the grips of it. But I'll stress myself out about stuff like that. And it's pure logical. Like there's no logic behind like what I'm stressed about. Yeah. And then you're going like, oh, what if we don't go on and all that? It's like, why are you even thinking like that? <laughs> like, so I'm going to start breathing before all of them. Yeah, yeah. Like when we come in, I'll just like, shut up. <laughs> 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 yeah there, there's breathwork practices you can do like like i've already mentioned that you can start to change your your conscious state um and the best way i can explain this is people might think oh alter states of consciousness it's like being drunk or being high and yes that that absolutely factors into it as well but consciousness is not just this like set thing right so like we're all we've all got a wee bottle of water with us right to make sure we're, we're staying hydrated but if we're all dehydrated right now as little as two percent dehydration will give you impaired cognitive function and lethargy, right? So you're going to just as little as 2% dehydration. It changes your cognitive function, which means it alters your state of consciousness. So you're not as fired up. Your brain can't work properly. You might be a little bit more stressed, maybe short with people, a bit grumpy, um, or, or just not engaging. Mm -hmm. So if you're hydrated, suddenly you're more focused, you're more alert. And that's just something like drinking water. So if you can change it through drinking water, why would you not be able to change it through your breath work and of course you can 
So you can then start to play around with it and it becomes really, really fun and interesting. Mm. And I love playing around with my breath. It becomes really um, challenging and it's really uncomfortable sometimes. But then when you get through it, you're like, oh man, this is why it's so worth it because you've got such clear thoughts and you're so so much peace. Like I'll do it, most of the time I'll do sat, sat, sat upright. But every now and again, I'll do it lying down so I can just completely relax my body and go through this breath work and I'll just zone out and have this really deep meditation and I can philosophize about my whole life in that moment. Uh, and it's great. Yeah. I don't know if that's it. I don't want to philosophize about my full life. Yeah. Some, some trauma. <laughs> You're going back to the dildo scenario. <laughs> yeah, <aren't exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> Traumatizing the life out of me. Um, do you know what I wanted to ask you? Because I've had quite a lot of coaches on and stuff, but you guys have probably been doing it the longest out of anyone. Like what, what's the biggest thing that like tr triggers you from the start that maybe still does? Or what do you find most difficult about the job? Because a lot of people haven't, I've listened to podcasts with PTs and stuff. I've not really heard. I will actually talk about the struggles of the job because if you don't notice that it gets a lot of people slag off their PT or I might have a client come to me and go, oh, this coach done this with me. And see, when I first started, my reaction used to go, oh, what a stupid thing to do. And then now my reaction is maybe they were having an off day or maybe you've annoyed the fuck out of them for three weeks solids. Do you know what I mean? Like, so what, what do you think you have struggled with? In terms of what triggers us or yeah even with like clients or what you have to do to keep up the business well sometimes with clients i think for me always it's always harder in the past when the client thinks they know best mm -hmm. right and they've come to you for help right and they, they're telling you how they how they think or what they think it should be and you're, you're trying not to be rude but at the same time you're trying to point out it tends to be if somebody's a doctor or something, oh, you know, yeah. or they're, you're medically um, qualified, but they aren't nutritionally qualified or, you know, or their information's out of date. And it's trying to say, okay, that's maybe the information from 1980, maybe 1990, but the latest research is, and you're trying to come across in such a way that you don't want to poo-poo their knowledge because you don't want to offend them. But at the same time, you need to stand your ground. And it's when you've told them to do things and they go away and they come back like, oh no, I didn't do this because I know that's this. And you're like, Ugh. And then, did you get your results? No. Yeah. Do you not want to think about doing what I'm doing? You know, and that kind of stuff. So I think for me, it's when they when they don't listen, but think they know best. You get clients that, that don't listen, but then they'll, they'll hold their hands up and say, really, really sorry, Rob, but I just didn't do that. And you're like, okay, let's let's unpack that and try and solve that. And that's yeah. okay. You can work with it because everybody's human. But it's when they're so pig-headed with it. It's like, no, no, I'm not doing that because of this. And you're like, why are you coming to me for help then? Yeah, I had a client that was meant, well, I was like going to take her on. But then I started speaking to her and she was doing, she just had went down rabbit holes, mate. You know, like basically what we were talking about before we started the podcast, when people can start getting into the wrong thing. And I think with fitness, there's like books that people can go down and then rabbit holes, they can follow off of that. So like this woman was, she'd stopped drinking milk because she convinced herself something about milk. I can't remember what it was, but then she was off, completely off carbs convinced sugar is like the devil and all that and you, you know when they all start linking together and i like at the start i'd have been very much like that's a load of shit or whatever but i was like all right we can maybe work with that we can maybe work with that and then the fourth thing came and i was like, oh, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, that's hard enough what are you gonna eat yeah like literally but that's it's hard to change someone that's that you can tell mm -hmm. they're that indoctrinated by what they've watched yeah I think the most important thing as a coach is that you're clear about your method because the, the analogy I like to use is like, imagine like your client's stuck in the middle of a wood 
and the woods are pitch black. It's middle of it's middle of the day, but it's pitch black because the wood is so dense, and they're like, "I'm lost. I need to make my way out of these woods." Where's he come up with this shit? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a good one, but like, yeah. I'm like, fuck. And, and and but what what you don't realize is the woods are like it's around, and they're stuck right in the middle. So actually, there's multiple directions that they can get out. They just need a bit of guidance on how to do mm. that. So then you come up and you say, "I know the way out of these woods. It's this way." But if the if the way that you're taking them is filled with the uh, brambles and and they're scared of brambles because they've been they've been nipped in the past by the with the jaggies, then um, they go oh no no I can't I can't go that way and that's okay because you've sh- you've showed them your method and this is the way I know if you're scared of that then that's fine I can promise you it's okay it's safe but if you don't want to that's okay there's somebody else that can take you a different way and it's there's more than one way to skin a cap so it's been very clear about what your method is. And having the evidence to say, I know what I'm doing because here's all the people I've helped get out of these woods in the past. Yeah. And where a lot of clients will go wrong is where they'll go, right, I believe you, let's get walking. But then as you're starting to go, they'll get advice from somebody else who's going to show them a different way. And they'll go, no, 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 your PT is taking you the wrong direction. It's this way. And here's all the evidence to all the people I've helped before. And they're not wrong. (laughs) Right? They're not wrong. But I said that doesn't mean that you're wrong either. Like there's more than one, one way to skin a cat. Now, if a client keeps jumping from PT to PT, all the PTs could be right. They're just, they're just taking a slightly different method. That's a my major way. red flag. So if you've had like four PTs, yeah. it's the same as like you may as well went out, may as well be a potential girlfriend and you've slept with four of my best mates. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's the same exactly. way I see it. I'm like, the common denominator maybe you (laughs) that sounds really harsh right but people a lot of people aren't prepared to say sometimes the client's wrong as well and i Mm. i I actually am i'm like nah because i i don't take everyone on i take on people that i think are willing to listen to me Mm -hmm. and if they aren't then it's just gonna we're just gonna bash heads the full time but you get i've got a lot stricter with that like the last year i'm like as soon as you say something that's like i know we're gonna butt heads on it i really try not take them on because it just gets we want to help people that's all we sort of want to do. Um, what was the, I was going to say, oh, my train of thought went, with, since since you started, what have you changed about your coaching style as well? Has there been stuff that you've done from the start that you were adamant on and now you've maybe changed your mind on, like a style of training or anything? Um, I would say for me, probably a big change in the nutrition side of things. Um I think the training's pretty much been standard all the way through. We've got certain principles with the nutrition and the principles stand, um, but I like to, to gear people more towards intuitive eating. But in order to have intuitive eating, you need to build up your intuition mm-hmm. uh, and understanding because if somebody's eating a lot of sugar and drinking a lot of alcohol... I remembered what was in my head. I had a great thing to go. I literally just threw you a random question because um, <laughs> it came in my head. But... And you need to build up that intuition. And so so we've got principles that help people build up their intuition, become more aware of their body and more aware of their energy. So then they can start to use their intuition and how to eat moving forward. And if we talk about protein, fats, carbohydrates, the whole shebang, but we want we don't want people to be following a plan. We want people to have their own plan yeah. and know exactly what they're eating. For me, I was having this conversation with someone as well. I think when you want to start your fitness journey you'll have the people that appeal to you and i think for literally every style of training there is people that will appeal to you like we'll probably have completely different audiences but those people will love you and the people that follow me will love me but i think there's a 
a lot of opinions on social media that like anyone doing polarizing content or anyone like sort of making fun of any other styles of training that those people are putting off people off exercise but they're i think they're just giving you an avenue to something that might work for you and i think that content actually works because if i didn't listen to that sort of stuff when i was younger i would still be doing like insanity and stuff and that that stuff wasn't for me but then i would maybe hear someone say that's a load of shit try lifting and that worked for me i think that st- i think that style of content actually does work i don't know how you feel about that I, I, I would agree. Um, I think I think it's like um, you going into maybe not the best analogy to use, but you go into a sweetie shop and there's there's all different types of sweeties, right? You go and you, you try and you see what works for you. See see what you, kind of sweet you really want. Some people like the fiery ones. Some people like the really sweet ones. Some like some people like the fruity ones. And you go and if you all you ever got was the fruity sweets, then people go, that's not really my thing. And like mm. no no, and people say oh, but it's, it's really good for you. And like oh, it's not really my thing. It's like fitness. If all you ever get is Jane Fonda then people go, that's ah, not really for me. Mm. You know, these kind of big, you know, masculine guys with big beards. You know, three of us got beards right now. Like, you even look at Jane Fonda and go, nah, fitness isn't for me. If that's all there was, I thought it has to be variety for people to go, ah, well, I'm not into Jane Fonda, but actually mm. swinging a kettlebell around looks looks a lot of fun or doing some burpees, that looks amazing fun, said no one ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, fuck, I'm well anti-burpees, man. That was one I was telling you before about the girl that's been programming the cardio sessions we've done and she just does all the things I've slagged straight away burpees I can't even do them properly I literally can't like my bum comes down too far and all that I think burpees is like the devil exercise like such a good exercise though I mean it's it's so effective that's why people hate it right mm. it's always done as a punishment as well yeah. isn't it? <laughs> it's like if you want to get your body warm very very quickly yeah. and get, get my thing is just so you I don't know how much you watch on TikTok but there's a lot of these fat burning workouts where it'll be like oh you can burn a thousand calories in like an hour and it will involve like 10 rounds of burpees and all this mm-hmm. that's the stuff that i when i'm slagging burpees that's what i'm i'm slaughtering you know extreme what I mean? burpees yeah ex- these extreme workouts and it's just a guy with their top off and like they've not put any effort in it they've just done 10 sets of this 10 sets of this 10 sets of that and it bangs on social media every time when you're sitting there like for fuck's sake fucking algorithm again Fuck. creativity is just non-existent like just just burpees yeah and then the next Great. video they'll just switch the exercises around and then throw it up again oil himself up get himself <laughs> oil yeah. that's the that's the thing i can't stand um how there's so many questions that I w- so when i'm talking about me and my mate michael want to start a business there's so we've been trying to look for people that do something similar how, what was the styles of content you made at the start because what you have to do these days is every time social media changes you need to change with it so what were you doing at the start what worked and then what we had to change because i'm not going to be funny seven years doing this is actually quite a long time and then to still keep going so you you must know a lot and you must have like philosophies and what you're doing well in the beginning we just made a plan we were going to release one video a week and we came up with this other plan of doing porridge videos with a bit of fun in it so right off the bat we were doing two videos a week. So in the early days, it was all about being consistent, having release dates. We said, right, two videos a week and away we went. And that was that. The content at the time, we were just making stuff that we enjoyed and we found funny in the early days. Did anyone else? Well, it took us a year to get our first 100 subscribers. Nine, nine, months. nine, nine months. months. Nine months. Nine months. Nine months. Yeah. nine months to get 100 subscribers. And then it was brutal. <laughs> it was yeah. brutal. Our content changed slightly as we went on because you'd make a video 
and then it would get a lot of hits. And I thought, okay, that. Time what was the first video that worked? Um, what was the first one? Let's see, I can't. I, I mean, it was a, it was just a very gradual process. Wasn't yeah, it? We, we did a video called "How to Get Great Great Glutes," oh, yeah. and this is this is. It was a great video for us. It got over a million views, one point two million. Right. It doesn't uh, exist. It anymore. doesn't exist anymore. Why? Uh, because it got red flagged. Oh. Uh, because our beer bombs were in it. <laughs> <laughs> We went through all the crap that you see on TikTok and oh, Instagram don't have only these days. Fans. No, well, <laughs> uh, well, because once upon a time we did a charity event for Scotland's Air Ambulance, and uh, we wore our kilts every day, day and night for a full month. And then the very last day, we're like, "How are we going to, how are we going to finish this off?" We thought, "I know, we'll whip the kilts off, turn away from camera, whip the kilt off, and walk away from camera." Right? Just two Scotsmen yeah. bearing their ass. That was that, and we did it, and it did well. So then we thought, was right, that the thumbnail? Uh, well, <laughs> we called it a bumnail. Bum bumnail. <laughs> so then, uh, off the back of that, um, we started doing that occasionally, and for great glutes, had that bum finish, and it went crazy. Yeah. But then the knock-on effect to that was there was a delayed response to that. But YouTube, because of being complaints, and there's a lot of um, hate out there for the gay community, and they thought we were a couple. So there was a lot of people seeing the video, thought we were a couple, and thought, damn that, I'm flagging it. And YouTube were really slow at getting around with all the flags, and eventually it got demonetized. And then, then it was like all the dominoes, it just, all the cards fell, because every one of our videos that was even similar, demonetized, demonetized, demonetized. And we ah, got blackballed, um, blackballed for showing our asses, because then all of a sudden YouTube stopped recommending us. So our subscribers were growing by about a thousand a week. It was just like once just upon a time, constantly going up, and then we got to the seventy-five thousand, and that's when it, everything got demonetized and it stopped. And that, that was a big wake-up call for us as well, because as much as we were having fun, like a Scotsman to show his ass is not really a big deal. It's yeah. like, yeah, so what? Okay, we all do it um, but, every time we're drunk. But yeah. YouTube have different ideas, and um, the people are like, oh, you know, you're you're gay baiting, you're doing this, that, and other. Like, my Scotsman get my ass out. I mean, they did that on Braveheart, and nobody questioned yeah. it. It was a bit of fun. It's all right for Mel Gibson. It's not yeah. right for Stephen and Ralph. Um, so, so yeah, and our subscriber just stopped climbing. When did that happen with the YouTube? Well, that was. I think it was way back 2018. Oh I mean, if you if you reflect so on you had our 75,000 then, now you've got like 80. Yeah. Well, we had, I think we went up to about 60 to 65 at that point. If you compare our Facebook and Facebook continued to grow, YouTube didn't. We would trickle at like plus 10 for a month. Yeah. Even though we're still making content, YouTube just didn't like us for a while. The views went right down to less than a thousand views a video. It was. There's nothing you can do. I know. So Instagram have done the same thing to me. Like, I was growing really fast and then they, f I called like, so I you say the word cunt all the time and I said it in a story. I wasn't even like calling someone it and then people flagged it, it happened to me twice and then they just, so I was growing like a thousand, like literally every like five days or a week and then they just stopped it. And then ever since then I've been trickling along and like you put so much effort in it and they've got no appreciation for this is a business and you're literally just like stopping me yeah. and you put all the effort into it. So what were you doing to, because that, that would fuck me over like for at least like a month in your head because you're making all the effort to make the YouTube videos and they're just, it's not worth the effort. Yeah, well, lucky for us, we always had the Facebook going. Uh, by that point, we had Instagram sort of starting to build up as well. Um, so you just put your, your emotion elsewhere. You know, if you yeah. put your emotion into into a company like Instagram or, or YouTube, um, it's, a, it's a faceless business as well, like YouTube especially, completely faceless. You can't just email them to say, look, what's going on? 
um, they, they make it really really hard for you to contact them it's just like they're they're a business themselves and they, they, it's like what you were saying before about you know when you get these comments and you just go i can't i can't deal with uh, listening to comments youtube are going to be exactly the same you're like nah, i don't want to i don't want to hear complaints but what we will say though is that one of the things we did was we ended up getting rid of all those videos um and it took about a year and then it was like we came out of jail and then <laughs> we did we, we youtube jail and then when we then created a couple more videos we got a bit more traction again we, we made the viking mindset and the ultimate scottish workout we started to get traction again so we knew we were out of jail we just then had to start making content that was going to allow us to grow again um but yeah it was frustrating for a very very long time that's what i'm trying to do with instagram i think i'm an instagram jail or they let me put my hand through the bars or something because I'm only getting a little bit. Do you yeah, know what I mean? So yeah. I'm trying, trying not to piss them off. But it just means you dial down your content loads as well, yeah. and then you start overthinking: is it actually just the content, or am I still like? Because Instagram refused to say that they shadow ban anyone, but they definitely do. Mm -hmm. And I don't think mine isn't at that way now because it's starting to like build up a little bit again. But I'm just so scared in case I say something again because yeah. I never even done anything wrong. One of my videos got flagged for nudity and I was wearing a jacket in it. And I didn't talk about, I didn't talk about anything sexual. Yeah. Flag for nudity and then straight away stops you. That's why I'm worried about ever doing, because you guys have apps and stuff. Mm -hmm. You've got your coaching business where you actually coach people and then you've got little um, th like things that are memberships and stuff. If you ever went to the point where you weren't coaching anyone and that was your main business and then your social media done that, you're fucked. Yeah. Like and there's a lot of creators fucked. out there who have been fucked in the past. They, they know the um, Hodge twins. They yeah. Follow them. I think they're doing okay now. Uh, but for a while they were on YouTube and they were doing exceedingly well. And that was their source of revenue as much as they were coaching as well. And then just got absolutely hammered for, for their swearing. Just yeah. because they said the F word. Well, I'm a fucked lot. then. <laughs> well, we all are, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, if you, if you rely on a, another business for your business, then... Um, yeah, you need to be looking at the bigger picture. You need to diversify your, um, your your income streams. So what I tried to do is, so TikTok done it to me at the start. They started banning me. Then I lost access to my account because it was linked to my Australian number and I couldn't get it back for like five months. But I could still log in on my computer and upload. So then I tried to get all of them over Instagram. Then I started growing Instagram and then that's happening. And now I'm going to try to grow the podcast but I've always got an email list as well, and that's like my last backup. Like I've got like a few, like I've maybe fifteen thousand on an email list. But that's what you need to do, isn't it? You need to have like five different things, mm -hmm. and then it's very stressful trying to. Do you get? Because I heard you were saying that you guys do everything. Mm, yeah. Do you have? Have you hired anyone? We've got a membership manager, Sharna, who's amazing. Um, she was she was a silver lining from our twenty twenty one, right? Yeah. We had a shitty year last year. Um, In what way? Um, we we invested in a new website. The company were didn't fulfill the needs of the the contract, shall we say? Yeah, mm -hmm. it was to, and we spent a lot of money. We spent thirty grand, and there were six months behind that caused us a lot of problems. We won't obviously can't name names, but it was terrible. It was awful. So we, we got half very our, thirty grand. We got half our money grand. back because we cancelled the contract, but we, essentially we couldn't get all our money back, so we got half it back. And we lost out because we, at the time, we did set intakes for new members coming in. It meant that it rolled over two intakes. So our business couldn't operate. And we lost a lot of customers yeah. because of the because mess the that they'd made of it. The new so website they signed up and you didn't really have any? Well, they signed up and the website didn't work. We also then hired a sales team. 
because we were busy filming for Secret Body um, for, for BBC. And we're like, we can't do this intake by ourselves because normally we just, we just do everything. We, if, if somebody is interested in working with us, you get us. And, and yeah. we go through the sales process. We, we chat to you about the membership, everything. But then because we're filming for Secret Body, we're like, we, can't, we literally can't. So when we hired a sales team in to come in and actually speak to anybody who's interested to tell them about it. And um, this this lady um, essentially sold us this package. Which so again, did she approach you? No, we, we, it was a recommendation from a friend of mine who kind of knew her through something else. You still mates? Yeah, yeah. Actually, she's <laughs> a really good friend. Um, but um, she then brought in her sales team, which actually wasn't. It was Sharna. And this, this other lady who was doing something... She was she just did, not doing the work. She was doing bits of it. Yeah. And then we could see we're part of a group chat and I could see that Sharna was doing all the work. And I was like, Sharna's a trooper and she's lovely. And then eventually Sharna was starting to lose the plot because they were writing messages and on your notifications, you could see the message, but then they were deleting what they'd said because basically Sharna lost the plot with this person to say, you're not doing anything here. And it was just, it was a... So, so, we, so we made some sales and the majority of them came from Sharna and she just, she worked like a trooper. She's amazing. So essentially we kept her on and now she's our membership manager um, for any sort of technical stuff and everything else. But other than Sharna, we do everything ourselves. What did you do for all the people that like lost the money? Or were you able to even know who they were and stuff and contact them at all? Yeah. We Not lost the money, but like you can. You know when somebody on. becomes a bit disillusioned by, by, by a person or a service though. Yeah. You know, when, when, you, when you join something and then a bunch of stuff happens people buy from emotion not logic yeah so as much as we can say oh we've got a better website now we've got a better system we've got the app you can come come get it their emotions are already gone we've yeah. already lost them mm -hmm. um, have you ever heard of that um it's a pepsi cola um um argument you know they did a blind test which one of these do you prefer there's like just a cup of of coke mm -hmm. there's a coke and a pepsi and it was something like 80 percent of people i can't remember the exact number but it's something like 80 percent of people preferred pepsi and then they said, thanks for taking part in our study. As a thank you, we can give you a bottle to take away with you. What would you like, Pepsi or Cola? And they went, oh, can I have the Cola? I'm like, but you just said you preferred the Pepsi. I don't know, but I want the Cola. Because people buy from emotion rather than logic. Right. And Cola have just got the market cat, the, the market um, monopoly on, on emotion. They know how to brand better. They've just got it all from Santa Claus and all, all the way through. So people buy from emotion rather than logic, and we just we just lost people's emotion, unfortunately, when that that period came. What, what did you do to get over it? We just got our head down. Um, it's it's been a slow grind. It's been a slow grind. Um, just fine tuning things, adding value to our membership. Yeah. That's the main thing. We added a bunch of new features. We listened to the members that we still had, the things that they wanted, and made some tweaks. Improved communication. That was the main thing. Mm -hmm. um, like actual access to you guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, they already had access to us, but just a better communication and we added in some extra features and whatnot. So the members that stayed with us then were, were really happy. They got all this added benefit and then the new ones coming in will never know any different because yeah. they, they didn't know. We did actually reach out to the people that had tried the old, or I say the old, what was meant to be the new website. We tried to offer them a free portion to come back. But it's that old thing, isn't it? It's where like, you know, somebody's reached out. They've said, I need help. Mm -hmm. And like, these are the guys that are going to help me. And they get on board and they're all excited to start their journey. And the minute again, they get technical issue after technical issue. And then they just think, these are not the guys to save me. You know? yeah. And then they move on, as Stephen's saying. They move on and they'll find somebody else. Or the worst case, absolute worst case scenario is they think it's hopeless and just give up completely, which is 
I'd like to think that's not what they'd... I'd like to think they moved on to another trainer and found success. Yeah. I could sleep at night knowing that. But that, I think that's something as well that a lot of... So I've seen a lot of people grow really fast in the last few years, like PTN-wise. You guys had a long time, like, on the floor and stuff, didn't you? Like, actually teaching people one-to-one. -one. I see a lot of people jumping onto these, like, apps and, like, maybe, like, membership things and all that really early. And it, I think it just sounds like the ideal thing to do, doesn't it? It's like, oh, I grow an audience, then I get all of them on, and I don't actually have to really coach them. But they, there's a lot. Of, it looks like there's a lot of stress on running something like that. That's a whole other kettle of fish compared to coaching people. You found that as well. I think you've got to be very um, clear about like what your job is. As much as we do everything, we make our own videos, we do all the editing, we take a photo. Do you do like all the thumbnails, everything? Everything. Everything. Yeah. We, do, we do everything. Um, and there's a certain amount of that that's quite enjoyable um, and we feel like you know we like to be creative so if you're making a video if you're filming the video you, we've got an idea in our head of how we want that video to, to look and um, but then the editing of it is part of the creation as well so people say oh you just go to fiverr.com and you get somebody to edit your videos for you no 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 the edit's part of the fun and then making the thumbnail is also part of that crea creation so we enjoy all that side of things but it's really important to, to know what you're doing so businesses you know you've got to be good at what you do and then you've got to be able to tell people that you're good at what you do and that's mm. the two sides of the business and for a lot of people they're amazing at telling people that they're good at what they do without actually being good at what they do mm. and that they quickly get found out and that's why people don't last because they go oh, i'm not making any money like I, i'm getting all these members coming in but i don't last because you're shit at what you do who is started being good at what you do and actually helping people lose weight and for the first decade of us being personal trainers, there was very little advertising. We weren't really on, in fact, we weren't on social media. I we never were, advertised. When we were on no. PTs, it's just word of mouth. Like going, how, how fully you, booked or like hmm? price yeah. fully booked, yeah. That's why word we, of mouth, yeah. That's why we started the online business because we were fully booked, working so much, helping people lose weight. Um, and like, there has to be another way that we can do this to a bigger audience to save us working from 6.30 till 9 p.m. Um, and, and that's why we created the online business. But it's then, okay, well, you're good at what you do. Now start talking about you're good at what you do. And then at some point, you're then talking more and advertising more than your actual skill level. And at which case then, okay, well, upgrade your skill level. Go and do another program. Go and learn from somebody else and delve into another area that, that will help you improve. Yeah, go, the, get the another, go get coached yourself and stuff. Maybe do a different style of training, get coached by someone else. Exactly. Like so then those two sides of the business will then kind of, one will go up, the other one will go up, the other one will go up. And as long as you keep improving both sides of that equation, whereas nowadays with social media, more and more people just shout into the high heavens about coming, I'm a weight loss expert and I can do this, that and the other. And they, and they can't. Yeah. Um, so, so also their people skills because we grafted one to one for so many years. You come across all walks of life. You, mm -hmm. know, you get the the people. And that's that the stuff I love about it. Me and you were talking about. We still do one on one. Yeah, and it's like part of what we do. Yeah, because you get the the read the body language. You get you meet different personalities. Everybody is different, and you don't always gel with you know the way that no, definitely you not. know you and I might get on might be different the way that you and Stephen get on, and, and so on and so yep. forth. So you learn along the way how to adapt and still deliver a good session by doing your time. Mm -hmm. you, know, you meet lots of different people. It's just a numbers game. People that race to get the online stuff. Now again, the online stuff you've then not got that body language read. You've not got that kind of time to get to know them. You're then putting out to the masses, so you lose that kind of valuable kind of grafting time. And that's when you start to see the gap between the ones that have, you know, 
think the saying is cut your cloth or whatever it is. You know, they've done their time compared to the ones that have just raced to get up to what they yeah. think is fashionable or looks trendy online. And I, I think an element of that is that anybody that is doing one-to-one -one personal training, the people around them will be saying, you have to get online. So there'll be a lot of pressure there as well. Um, whereas if a lot of them just say, no, no, I'm going to, they can maybe build up slowly online, but really spend time getting to know and you know, honing their craft, getting really, really good. Because it is, you can know your stuff, but you've got to be able to work with people. And that's the key thing about personal training or, or coaching. You've got to work with people and everybody's different. And that's that's the key mm. there, I think. And you actually do get to learn about some people have similar traits, don't you? And you actually start, I don't think it's a thing you think about. You subconsciously know how to respond, don't you? Mm -hmm. Like over time, like you definitely get better at that. And you do, it's not a natural like, oh, I need to have this approach with this person. It's just like instinct, isn't it? And you can't teach it. You need to just go. You just need to do it. The other thing as well is different cultures. I mean, we noticed it when we then started working with more people from the US. It's just different. Different countries then have a slightly different approach, you know, from what we've worked with in person. And then when you're working from people from different countries or, or, you know, people from across Europe or something's a little bit more direct. I haven't cracked people from America. I've had a few American clients and I just, it just hasn't worked. A lot of Americans really take offense to that C word that you used earlier. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, what we definitely. realize. We say, you know, we'll swear, we'll say, fuck, shit, all this. And the minute we say that C word, people go, <gasps> yeah. you said that C word like that. Oh. So I'm switching off. I'm like, I said fuck like a bunch of times. Yeah. What is it about that word that, that you don't like? If it's anything, strange. I don't want those people though. Like, yeah, I yeah. genuinely say it just so that I find people that don't like that word, don't like me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like I, I just still say it. But then going back to that analogy of the woods, right? You've got your way of getting people out of the woods. Yeah. You're clearly good at what you do. And if you say you know, the C word, then so what? People I get you or they don't, they go, right, actually, I'm going to follow you because you clearly know the way out and you've helped a bunch of people before. Yeah. And other people go, yeah, I would go that way, but I don't like that C word. And they go, oh, fine, yeah. fine. There's there's plenty of other guys that can help you along the way. When, so you you were also, before we came on, we were talking about you had to change the style of your content because a, a lot of people just wanted to see you wear your little clothes as possible on we kilt and just in your tops. So you were getting a lot of people that maybe wanted to pay you for feet pics as well, weren't you? Um, what did you do to your content so that it was get attracting people that wanted to literally get trained? Because you wouldn't, you might, I know your name's Kilted Coaches, but some people would literally just be like, oh, there's two guys that I fancy with a kilt. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, we still get a lot of followers who just want to look at us in our kilts, mm. and that's fine to a certain extent. But what what we just started to do was making content that that we are proud of and not for the algorithm, and and that really is as simple as that. You know, a lot of the content that we made before, let's take our kilt off and let's do this and let's do that. Um, it was for get the algorithm. In fact, <laughs> we, we we had a piss take video. And it was called "Give them what they want." Slipping, slipping what they need. And um, so, so we gave this content. We, we just started the video by saying, look, we know a bunch of you are really thirsty and we know that you only switch on if you get some topless slow-mos. Therefore, here's your topless slow-mo and it'd be like a topless slow-mo running. And then we'd have like... It was the torso timer in the corner. Torso the torso timer. <laughs> it would count down. Was it 30 seconds or uh, 15 seconds or I something? I can't remember. Because I think it was basically saying they'll switch off after 15 seconds of content unless they're getting something that they really want. Right. So we would talk as fast as we can, giving them some really good information. And his torso timer is just like ticking down, ticking down. As soon as it hits zero, it's like, and here's another slow-mo for you. <laughs> <laughs> and it was ultimately taking the piss at the people who just come for the torso and like, you're shallow, so here you go. Here's the shallow stuff, and we're going to slip in what you actually need, which is the health and nutrition advice. Yeah. 
Um, really hard. I like that video actually. Yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> I need to watch it. It's really hard to make that change, though, isn't it? Because you see your followers going up and you see your engagement going up and you're like, yeah, but it's not helping my business. But you're like, but it's helping this mm-hmm. and this is helping the followers is helping your ego at the same time, isn't it? So it's really hard to make that change. Well, we made that change. It was a couple of years ago when we first got the TV work. And that's when we got rid of all the anything that showed the bums. We, we called it wiping our bums. We got rid of all that. Now we're quite proud because when we create content now, even yeah, there is the topless slow-mos here and there, but the people that are choosing to follow us now is because of what we're now offering in terms of, we're talking about weight loss, we're talking about the exercise more often, we're talking about value and You're really talking mindset. about the mindset stuff as well, yeah, which is good. You were, you, I'd seen you talking a lot about fat loss, not just being like losing fat. There's much more to it and stuff, which is what I preach a lot as well. Yeah, 100%. So when people follow us now, we know they're following for well yes there'll probably be the element of the kilts but it's they're following it for the information they're hearing rather than our previous videos from five years ago which might just be us lifting rocks you mm-hmm. know like, right, okay so we it's it, it ties into what we do as coaches and we're quite proud of it now so mm-hmm. what you said that you're going to be working with a friend of yours um what's what's your plans for that so he he does mostly food so but he would he would train the way that i i do but i do mostly like form videos so I really changed. So when I first started, I would talk a lot about food and I was, this is when I would literally just got qualified and it was also lockdown. So I hadn't had the chance to really train much people in person. Um, so I w- actually wasn't as confident to talk about like the actual way to do exercise and stuff. Um, so I've really focused on that. Like my whole thing is now getting people into lifting weights rather than talking about food. I'm like, let's do that first get you in a routine and go into the gym and then we'll also fix your food as well after that but i really want people to get into lifting that's like my way of getting out of the woods the way you were saying um and he's more into the food so see when people clients come to me and like i need new recipes for food ideas i'm like i fucking couldn't i don't know what to tell you like fucking eat chicken rice and broccoli or what i like i obviously a varied diet but i just have no passion no passion for different sort of food ideas whereas he does so we're, we're going to combine things and then also still have both our clients, but do like Zoom calls together, create like a good community, still have the completely one-on-one with, they've got him as a coach and people have me as a coach, but we then bring everyone together and we might do like the odd like meet up or whatever and climb them in row or something like that, yeah, that sort of thing. Because I think when people have other like-minded people around them they'll also block out what you were saying about like people around them will maybe be saying they're doing stuff wrong that is a massive problem like their parents or their their friends and stuff saying they're doing something wrong so when you create a community i think you'll have a much better vibe to it all no no, definitely something that that we've realized um over the years also is like we've got quite a similar personality similar views on on fitness nutrition the mindset lifestyle everything but we're also individuals and w- when we're doing like a, a Zoom call or, or a live coaching session to our members, when we're doing it together, I'll get a point across and I'll take maybe 60 seconds to get my point across, sometimes a little bit more. Um, and then Ra will do exactly the same and, and we'll sort of just, we'll just bounce off each other and it works really, really well. But then what we started doing recently is actually doing individual. So I'll do one by myself and I can then start riffing about 100% me Whereas if we're together, I'll talk and I'll go, okay, I shut up now so Rab can get like his views mm. in, in here as well. And it's kind of, it, it bounces and it works really well. And then vice versa, Rab can then just go talk from his point of view because it's not that like Rab's 
points are invalid and or my points are invalid it's like they're both valid but just slightly different so having the individual zooms actually work really well as well because it allows you to fully express who you are and your so users doing them within the group that you run together as well yeah so we what we do is we do three three a week but what we normally do is we break them up we do one together sometimes we do two together just depends and then we split up the other ones to give the other person a breather as well you yeah. know because in that way you know like tonight for example steven's doing the live coaching so i've got the night off, so yeah, to speak, yeah. you know. Whereas Friday, I'm doing the live coaching. He gets the morning off, and it's, and then Monday we did it together. And you know, it's it. Yeah. We, we switch it around, um, but it just means it's quite nice when we do it together because we're like, oh yeah, we're together, yeah, we're yeah. a bit of a laugh. But then it's also quite nice to do it on our own because you're then not having to worry about whether you're hogging the conversation or anything. You know, if you're answering yeah. a question, you can you can just you can waffle as much as you want or as little as you want, and. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely a good idea. We'll, we probably weren't going to do it slightly like that because I was going to take care of like more of the form side of stuff because I'm more passionate about like helping people actually lifting and stuff. And he was, he's quite into like accountability and like habits and stuff, whereas I wouldn't give a fuck about talking about that sort of stuff. So he was going to more cover that thing. But yeah, it, it does, it does make sense. The more we're thinking as well is just having, when you do it on your own, you need someone to lean on as well and we do that with each other but we've got separate businesses but we'll ring each other when we're annoyed about something mm -hmm. so having them constantly there we thought would help a lot as well and so you're gonna start making content together we'll make some content together but we wouldn't like make it like uh, a page like you have or we might make it like a page yeah. but we probably wouldn't hammer it as much as you have like just have it there people are aware of it but not something we're mm -hmm. trying to catch that algorithm and stuff because yeah, yeah. people will know who we individually are we know they know we're mates and then we'll just run it that way. That's what we kind of want yeah, to do. Makes sense. Sounds good. Just give it a go. It's more for sanity as well. You have to try these things. Yeah. Um, and again, well, you know this with social media anyway, consistency. So whatever you, you embark yeah. on, whatever you decide you're going to follow, consistently follow it for a while. So that way you'll know if it works or not. Yeah. But that's what, that's what I'm doing with the podcast as well. I think the, the main thing I've took away from this conversation is to get the algorithm to fuck. <laughs> yeah. yeah just yeah. enjoy yourself so, yeah. so, something that i know you probably listened to but joe rogan um is great and and what we're talking about before about like jordan peterson is he's almost gone down that path and, and fallen to the trap of being like jordan peterson he's been yeah. the jordan peterson that we've come to expect in a, in a way but but not he's, he's drinking his own coolie to a certain extent yeah. you know he's just going down this path and what was reflecting believing before, his own but, hype yeah, yeah exactly exactly and then getting that sort of angry and very sort of direct and it starts to put you off and what we were saying before about it's important that we don't become our own caricatures you know i want to be steven i don't want to be just Celtic coach steven there's there's more depth to me than that so i want the, the depth of me to then be, be portrayed in the Celtic coaches yeah. that makes sense and to do that you have to not play to the algorithm yeah exactly and i think that's where joe rogan gets it really well because every now and again you'll see joe going down a, a different path and he'll start to believe his own hype or he'll, he'll start to cut people off and you'll mm -hmm. go oh that, is that really joe this is weird but then he'll bring it back yeah. and it's almost like he has somebody in his corner just going watch yourself joe and he goes yeah and he just drops his ego again and becomes joe again and yeah. it's, it's lovely to see somebody going on that journey of like building up the ego and then pff, back down back to being joe and actually having these conversations like extreme self-awareness into yeah, which is a massive nice. skill that not most of us have in it i think you have to be the one that's constantly on yourself listen I think we're just about to wrap up. This has been an unreal conversation. Where would people find you? So I think one of the things you want to push is the secret body. I'm sure is that's on BBC One. 
uh, BBC Scotland channel, or you can get it on the iPlayer. Get I think it it's still there. Get it on the iPlayer. Um, you, do you know? I'll finish with a quick little story. When we first started the Kilty Coaches, we made business cards, <laughs> and this is the proper dick move, proper egotistical. It's we fucking made, awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> we made business. Do you cards. make the logo? I made the logo. <laughs> I did make the logo. Um, the business cards just said the Kilty Coaches, and then with the contact details, they just said just Google us. Oh. <laughs> and that is so true though like now like, it's such a dick move but we were like ah whereas ne- like back then like, it wouldn't make any sense because you google us and nothing come up <laughs> yeah. whereas now you can just google us like we will come up on youtube facebook yeah. even our, our website the coaches and you, you'll Damn. find us all over i feel like i've left this chat with a whole new perspective i'm going to start that brief work Nice I might hire you. <laughs> <laughs> right, thank you. Been a pleasure. Thank yeah, you so much for having much, us buddy. on. This, is, this has been a really nice chat. Cheers. Enjoyed it. In a bit. Enjoy Pledges. your dildo. <laughs> <laughs>